Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the Tip Jar Podcast, where we discuss financial literacy, professional and personal development. My name is Josh, and I am joined with my co-host, Anthony. Hey, Sam, thank you for joining us today. To start us off, can you let our listeners know a little bit about yourself and what Sammy Rabbit is? Thank you, Josh, Anthony, and Unanshal for uh, having me on board today to uh, share something that I'm extraordinarily uh, passionate and purposeful about, and that's financial literacy, especially for uh, young kids and, and families. Uh, about 20 years ago, I was at a turning point in my life, was in financial services, was not enjoying it at all, except for a few things. One of them was having conversations with people uh, basically my age at that time, say 35 to 45, and I was learning about what they were doing with their money. And surprisingly to me, (laughs) nobody was saving or investing their money, doing it automatically, doing it habitually, you know, making a habit uh, of it. And uh, let me just give everybody this tip right now, all you high schoolers and uh, college students and young adults, Somewhere around 40 to 50, a light bulb is going to go up in your head and you're going to say, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be 65. I'm going to be 75. You guys might be 150. I don't know with all the technology that's happening. And you're going to say, hey, I need to be saving and investing. And if you take anything away from um, this podcast, take this. If you start today, wherever you're at, start by giving your pennies, your nickels, your dimes a purpose putting them on some automatic system of saving and investing, you're going to be one happy camper. Look, here's the thing about habits. They're powerful. And what makes them powerful is their outcomes are predictable. So you go to the gym, you exercise every day, you're going to improve your health. You read 10 to 15 minutes a day, your knowledge is going to grow. Same things with your saving and probably with your investing if you're doing it right. A habit is something we do repetitively. So if if you're doing that repetitively, it is going to grow. It's only a question of how much. Anyways, going back, I didn't really like the financial services part of it. But one day this this guy showed up with an Etch-A-Sketch, if anybody remembers or knows what an Etch-A-Sketch is, and a little bubble blower that you see kids doing. And, And he was a professional salesperson, and he wanted us to sell his products. And what he asked us to do is he said, I'd like you to start opening more college savings accounts. And boy, that really resonated with me because I am a big advocate of starting to save and invest early and talking to your kids about it and doing it, whether it's in a piggy bank, at an account somewhere, however you're doing it, but get them in that habit early and and putting a purpose behind it, a goal, what some people call, you know, in college, college might be one of, of, of many. So And it got me to really start thinking, you know, about why when I was uh, 21 and graduated, I went to Loyola Marymount and I I went into aerospace at at the time. That was my first job. And I started putting a third of what I made away from day one. And, you know, I I just kept building on that. And over a 12 year period before I transitioned into a career in financial services, that that pile, that stash of cash, man, it started, it started growing. And that was through, you know, I had a savings program, I had an investing program. And that was through uh, not every investment I made, made worked out. But what I did is I established this foundation, I was earning at a certain level, I was spending at a lower level. You know, you want to master the basics, whatever your income is, your spending needs to be less than whatever you're earning, or receiving. Okay, a lot of us receive money periodically, kids do all the time. But if you, if you master that, and you make a habit of it, and you carry that out over a 20, 30, 50, 100 year period of time, you're going to create more financial success for yourself. And when I was reflecting on this, I started thinking I grew up in what I like to call upper poverty, meaning we had zero discretionary income, but we ate every day, we had a place to sleep, and I had my brothers hand me down clothes. But I reflected on these experiences and I thought what was really important to me growing up in the circumstances I did is I was fortunate to have a father who started planting seeds in my head saying, Sam, you can have or want anything you want if you're willing 
to work for it and you get a good education. That was a, just a tremendously empowering thought for me. For me, that stuck. Uh, it could be for a variety of reasons, but one, it came from an adult I respected, in this case, my father. And then, man, he drummed it in. Comes time, 21, I made a lot of, you know, okay and bad financial decisions to that point. But I thought to myself, I had read this book, The Richest Man in Babylon. You know, this was a book my dad introduced me to at the age of 12. And I just remember them, him saying, you know, uh, like anybody could be rich. Here's the secret. Pay yourself first, something like that. And I thought, hey, I'm anyone. OK, doesn't matter that I don't have any money right now today. If I look and not everybody does this, but if you say, listen, it's very likely I'm going to live to be 50, 70, 100, whatever it is. That's a 50, 60 year span of earning. We're all earning machines. We'll earn at different levels. But a question you might ask yourself, and now's the time to do it. You know, what are my lifetime earnings going to be? The average person is going to earn somewhere between one to $5 million uh, in their lifetime. Now ask yourself, what is going to happen to that money? What am I going to be saying at age 50, at age 60? I don't have any money or Guess what? If you start saving and investing and take advantage of time and compound interest, you might say, you know what? I've grown all my lifetime earnings greater to what my lifetime earnings are. I've retained it and grown it. Now, as you're automatically saving and investing, you're just automatically in sa saving and investing a portion. You're leveraging the interest that you're earning to help it propel and grow beyond what your total earnings were. This is something, if you've heard of the book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he talks about it in there, begin with the end in mind. We're here, we're at a certain point, we're in high school, we're in college, we're wherever we're at and we wanna go somewhere. So where we're at is point A, where we wanna be is point B, and then you put a plan together. You start with point B and you say, oh, I wanna be a homeowner. Uh, I wanna live in a certain area. I wanna have a car or whatever it is. And then you work backwards and say, how can I get there? And then you start measuring and you're always either usually on or off course. Sometimes maybe you're on course and then you just make, you know, uh, you just adapt a little bit. So if you do that, you're gonna have some of the core basics. You will have mastered them and you'll be on your path. In the United States, our thinking is way too narrow. You know, when you look at like all around the world, uh, almost at every level, our living standards are much, much higher. But look, we're not all the Kardashians or, or Bill Gates or, or whatever it is. But you know what, if you want to be, may maybe you can be, I don't know. But certainly there is the opportunity to elevate and advance your financial stability, your financial security, financial freedom. All that resonated with me. And I thought, this might be why I'm here. This might be my purpose in life to start sharing this message and to share it particularly uh, to kids and families in, say, low income uh, areas where they may not uh, be exposed to what I'll just call the basics, like save a little bit of your money all the time. That will take you a long ways. A lot of great, great topics you, you mentioned, um, Sam. I wanted to touch on compound interest. And an important concept of compound interest is time. Our financial journeys, they take years, yet we live in seconds and minutes. And we live in an age of TikTok and Instagram reels. But there's one phrase that I like, and it's like, it's slow and steady wins the race. I was curious, what are your thoughts on the benefits of delayed gratification and using a tortoise mindset at a time where it's really kind of hard to cultivate that? Slow and steady works, all right? So it's, many strategies might work. That strategy is proven over time. It works. You're exactly on the right uh, track with that one, Josh. All right, so uh, implement it, do it, it works. If you have another strategy you wanna test, uh, before testing it, research it, see if it's proven, all right? It's, e it's easier now today than at any point in history to access information and information from the greatest thinkers in the world. It's just a click away, all right? And for most people, that means their cell phone, but for some people, it may mean going to a neighbor's, using their cell phone, their laptop, the library, the school, 
what what whatever it is but whether it's investing whether it's fixing your car whether it's cooking you know uh you can click and and, and tap in to this thinking you know i i i like business so i tune into uh the stanford mba guest speaker program guess what Any, anybody can do that thank you stanford uh, I can't screw in a light bulb, but I'm very interested in artificial intelligence. I think it's one of the important dynamics that's happening in the world today. So there's a uh, professor out of MIT, Lex Fridman. He's got a podcast just like you guys. Guess what? He talks to the top thinkers from around the world about artificial intelligence and what its impact on the world and average human beings like you. Uh, well, like me, maybe not you guys, <laughs> but like me. I, and what it's going to mean for them. And guess what? All I have to do is click and tap on it. I think anyone can do that if if they uh, want to. So there's a lot of information out there. So I want to cheerlead and champion what you said. One of the most important, most exciting concepts, if your goal is to get more financial stability, security, or even become rich or wealthy, leverage, take advantage of compound interest. But also know this, okay? Compound interest uh, is a double-edged sword. It, it can work for you. It can also work against you. It works for you when you're saving and inv investing. It works against you when you're uh, spending and charging and you're paying interest. And if you're not paying those balances off every month, then that interest starts compounding and works against you. So make compound interest your friend. Slow and steady is a great strategy. Now, let me just touch on delayed gratification. I, I don't know if there's any more important skill or behavior that a child or an adult can acquire. It seems to be the key to success at uh, anything. Sammy the Rabbit is our, our character. He, he's our champion for great money habits and great reading habits. Now, I asked myself, you know, sharing earlier what got me into financial education and literacy. Here's a question I asked myself, and I like to ask everyone. You know, if there's only one habit, money habit, you could teach uh, a kid or an adult or teenager, whoever it is, you know, what would it be? And I concluded for me, it was this idea, pay yourself first. I translated that for little kids into saving is a great habit. I thought it had an equal effect because little kids, usually they're not getting paid, all right? but they are getting money. And so what I want them to do is develop this relationship uh, around saving with their money. So that's where I started. Now I get five or 10 years into this journey and I'm starting to deepen my research. And one of the things that occurs to me about saving is it has all these greater benefits maybe than storing and accumulating money for more security and for more financial freedom. One of its main benefits is it helps teach kids to delay gratification. And if you believe like I do, that learning to delay gratification is a key to all sustained success, whether it's in your career, at home, whatever it is, that is a principle and a quality, a habit, a behavior you want to teach your, your, your kids or teach yourself wherever you're at in life. Now with respect to, okay, you know, we're now living in this uh, instantaneous, immediate gratification, accelerated environment. That's a great observation, Josh. So it's like, you know, let's say you're getting into a match with David and Goliath. All right. <laughs> and so it, 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 the environment really conspires in, in, in certain ways uh, against all of us in the sense that you know, Americans, we're great salespeople. So we're, we're going to be bombarded and, and uh, with messages about consume, consume now. And we're also now going to be programmed, whether it's through phones or tablets, whatever it is, like uh, go to Google, go to this ad, go to this, go here, do it in a second. All of this stuff that's accelerating. Uh, these devices like cell phones, uh, they can be very dangerous because what they're going to do is they're going to rob you of your time. Uh, if you're not using them with some consciousness, like, okay, using them to your benefit in the way that we were discussing earlier, accessing and tapping into top thinking, that's a great use of your phone. Okay. Tapping into it to play videos all day, 
beyond what I'll call a reasonable amount of entertainment time, it, it's now diluting your earning power. It's diluting your ability to learn more and all of these things. So you've got to figure out how to unplug. You, you've got to develop some tactics. I think it's a great question for you. You guys are young. You're more at the forefront of this battle. What are some tips or some strategies to help people slow down a little bit? You know, you're, you're now, boy, you're, you're tapping into a whole nother thought. What I see young people doing all the time, and to me, this is very discouraging is, is you know, I'll ask them a question and, and it's to your point, three seconds later, they'll say, tell me the answer. And I'm like, struggle with this at least for a minute okay <laughs> oh no they want they want to know as you're pointing out i'll just tell me right now okay that that really works against you you know we're we're, we're like muscles we we you know we, we've got this mental muscle it needs to be worked out all right so i do think you need like you, you got to find the right mix you need to develop these like great search skills because the people who are able to search and find information imported information, you know, that, that helps you uh, live more purposefully, uh, that will save you time. And so that, that's a great, that, that, that's a great thing, but also we need to, you know, put our phones down or, or whatever our tools are and exercise our minds, develop our critical uh, thinking skills, read a book, maybe that's something, take a walk. You know, it's very fascinating what you said, Josh, See, because you, you part of, I don't remember your exact words, but I know a light bulb went off in my head. It's almost like a uh, jackpot on a Vegas slot machine. Bells, bells were ringing and going off because you're talking long term. I don't hear young people talk about that or ask questions <laughs> like that. I'm like, man, where, where did this kid come from? <laughs> yeah. And when I say kid, I mean young person. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. I think, I think every, to really, I kind of view it as to each their own. Everyone has a different view and risk tolerance, different circumstances that enable them to make certain decisions. To one person might seem irrational, but to the actual person might seem the most rational decision. And I think finding everyone's own unique path by self-reflecting and asking yourself these questions can really help you align with what are your goals at the end of the day, not Jim Cramer's goals, not the stock guru on YouTube's goals. Like who, what are your goals? What are the risk tolerance and what are like the structure of your portfolio that you ultimately feel comfortable and could sleep well at night. But I think with what you naturally and what you're also trying to do, Sam, is really starting people young to be able to understand the options available to them so that later on they could develop these skills necessary. Like you said, like being, being like an investigator, almost being like a journalist, taking in information, dissecting it. Cause like with school, we're kind of used to this input output okay, write down the answer. If you got it wrong, you're not smart. If you got it right, you're smart. I think what we're missing is, and I heard this on a podcast, is we're missing, it's called IPO, input, process, output. We need to focus on the process. How are these people, how are you thinking through your decisions? What's your process like? What's the framework you're using? Two of my inspirations are Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, who are very much long-term minded people, but what they do really is they're just reading all day and they're using these mental models to ask themselves questions because when people ask them like, oh, how are you guys making such good investments, Warren Buffett? And his answer is, we're just trying to avoid being stupid or making mistakes. But the key thing is he's not saying, oh, we're smarter than everyone. He's saying, hey, we're just trying to avoid mistakes when we can't. And I think anyone can apply that, not just Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger, everyone who continues to be a lifelong learner, can cultivate these skills in order to avoid mistakes later on and to be able to push themselves in a positive direction, both financially and also within their personal lives too. If I could sing on key, I would sing, amen, amen. <laughs> Josh, let me ask you a question. Uh, do you remember how you were introduced or became aware of uh, not only Warren Buffett, but uh, his partner, Charlie Munger? I would, I would say it kind of traces back, like as, as I look back in my childhood, like my father, he was a bank, my father is a banker. And when he would drop me off at school, always would kind of just subconsciously, he'd always be on the phone in the business suit, making deals happen. And I think that did rub off on me as like, it's important to be respectful of other people, to be professional, 
and to give it your best shot, whatever you're trying to do. Because initially, like he's from Salinas, he was a farmer, but he really kind of distilled that work ethic in me and just being respectful of people. And you can really make something of yourself and having that confidence and mindset, I think influenced me to become curious on my own. He didn't really introduce me to Buffett and Munger. I, I kind of dove into finance like, like on my own, really, because like my parents supported me to choose like, hey, choose whatever makes you happy. And yeah, I just, I just really leveraged my curiosity as to like, oh, how's, how does this work? And acknowledging that once the classroom ends, the learning doesn't have to end. Um, you can always continue to learn from different people, such as your peers, your teachers, your parents, and using the internet too. Like what, what's crazy is we have, like with, with our phones, we have literally an access to free resources such as Stanford, MIT, Wharton, free resources on YouTube. But what's crazy to me is I noticed, I wonder if you noticed this, Sam, is when we see like the get, like, I don't know, get rich quick stock picks of the week, those videos get a ton of views. But the other ones about like patience, delayed gratification from Stanford, they get very minimal views. But I think I'm, I'm optimistic that in the long term, people are going to learn and utilize those resources more and more because it's free and it's out there for people to utilize. I think just people got to be aware that, hey, you don't have to attend Stanford to be able to listen to a Stanford professor talk about economics or finance. It's literally two seconds away. You just got to type it in, type whatever you want, and they'll serve it on a platter for you on YouTube or, or whatever service you'd like. So I, I think it's it's really important to continue that lifelong learning because not it's not limited to just rich people or Warren Buffett. Anybody can also do it as well. Uh, okay. That last message, we need to get that out all over social media. That needs to be in newspapers. That needs to be everywhere. We're, we're evaporating a lot of valuable energy. For example, you know, I, I, I get it a little bit. People talk about, oh, lack of access. I'm like, what are they talking about? Okay. <laughs> there, there is an abundance, an abundance of quality financial education resources available right now as we're speaking, okay? And you just mentioned some of them. I mean, they come in all varieties. It's not just financial education. Uh, the, the young man who uh, developed our website, he self-taught on YouTube, okay? <laughs> and I get compliments all the day. Oh, who did your website? I, I, I like it. I love it. Uh, this, that, and, and whatever. But instead of playing uh, video games, and again, nothing wrong with video games in the proper amount, but he... He, he invests and pours his time into upgrading his skills. Web development is one of them. And you know what? He didn't like traditional school. He went to junior college, very bright kid, could have done well. But for whatever reasons, he's like, this isn't efficient for me. I'll, I'll find it on YouTube. And man, he, he, he's a master and getting better, you know, every day. So I, I would love to hear the message you just said. Look, it's out there. Get it. This is what I think organizations like yours, like mine, this is what teachers should be sharing with parents and all these advocates that, look, while it would be great, I, I think, I'm not totally convinced, but I'm going to say, let's get financial literacy and education into more schools. It's, it's in some schools, but let's get it into more schools. But while we're waiting for that to happen, which might take five, 10, 50 more years, if you're a parent, know this right now today, you can click and find outstanding quality education, financial education at every level. And if you want to tap into and listen to Warren Buffett and Charles Munger, you can do that. And you know what they're going to find? They're going to find exactly what you just shared, uh, Josh. They're, they're, they're thinking. Now, this is something I'm going to say I think is underemphasized in education. I, I don't hear teachers, I've been in a lot of schools, particularly elementary schools, stressing, we're here to teach you to think. Okay. <laughs> that seems so basic, you know, but when you, when you break out what they're doing, it, it, it you, you nailed it. It's kind of like the tortoise in the air. We're trying to not do anything dumb. We're trying to avoid mistakes. We talk it over like Josh and, and Anthony and maybe Isra and, and, and Sean 
do? You know, how can we bring more financial literacy to, to young people? And you'll say, you know, I like that idea. Or have you thought about this? You know what, that, that's, a, that's a great strategy. That's what they do. And then they get around other people. They surround themselves with other people who share similar values. You know, this is something very important. I would, uh, I, I didn't really fully appreciate, even though it's probably pretty obvious, but uh, the friends that you invest time in are, are very important. You know, I always like to ask people, who are your influences? Okay, in your case, Josh, I'd say, hey, one of uh, Josh's influences is Charlie Munger and uh, Warren Buffett. And so things can be your influences, even though you've never met them. So it's like, if I asked you, what is uh, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett's uh, strategy, you could tell me just as if you had had a conversation with them and they told you personally. That's the power of reading. That's also the power of listening to podcasts like these. Listening is a very important skill. So not everybody likes to read. I strongly champion and encourage reading. But, you know, if you're more of an audio or a visual learner, tune into the right, uh, you know, podcast, uh, other things. And some are better than others. But there is a buffet menu bigger than any buffet in a Vegas casino filled with quality education of all types, including financial. We've got to escalate our awareness campaign just telling people that message. It exists right now today. And if for some reason you don't have a smartphone, go to your school, go to your library, go to your neighbor. If they have that want and that desire, they'll figure it out. And you know what? Here's what I love about working with little kids. Boy, if I go in there and tell them that, they will do that, all right? It gets tough for starting in middle school, all right? <laughs> but in elementary school, man, you, you guys, I got to get you out there on the road with me. You guys would be superstars, okay? Because you're, you're a lot younger than I am. And so naturally, it's like, okay, young people, wow, yeah, this is, uh, this is great. So, uh, yeah, that, you've got a powerful, uh, a very powerful message. I want to congratulate, applaud you, and tell you, you guys are inspiring me, all right? Uh, and uh, it, it, right now I'm like, okay, I, I've got to work five times as hard now just hearing not only what you're sharing, but what you are doing, what you are doing to bring more knowledge, awareness, access to what is a critical life skill. Look, when we break it all down, money is involved in everything, even going to the free parks, all right? It takes tax money to keep the parks free, all right? So that, that's coming from all of us in our, 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 our little bits. So it isn't really free, you know, which is a, is a basic economic concept. We, we've done a pretty good job. I'm talking now about the United States of raising the standard of living. That said, we can keep doing better. A lot of things are working. Some things are not working as well as they should be. You guys, and, and there's other people as well, besides you and, and you, Nancho, that are uh, helping to, uh, you know, bring more uh, progress and spread more the opportunity. It's the opportunity for more financial success, financial security, and, and those things. Because it is, very, it is very interesting. You said something. You know, if I gave three uh, San Jose students each a million dollars, and then you came back in, uh, let's say, two years. It's going to be just like that old Bible story. One's going to say, oh, I doubled or tripled it. One's going to say, you know, I, I grew it a little. And one's going to say, I need more money. <laughs> I spent it all. It's all, it's, all, it's, all, it's, it's, all, it's all. It's all gone. You know, and so that, that's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, some of these concepts are, are interesting. I see people talking about you know, leveling the, uh, the playing field, all right? And, and to me, that's like an interesting kind of a concept for a lot of uh, reasons. First is, is like, how would we measure, how would we know when we had a level playing field, all right? <laughs> what, are the what, are the what are the metrics? How, how, how do we measure that? And then if we did, how long would it be level for, okay? <laughs> because Josh, you're going to be out there reading Warren Buffett, uh, Anthony and I, we're going to be singing songs. We're going to be writing you, uh, Josh, will you give us a grant so we can sing more songs? <laughs> and you'll say, well, let me think about it. Do I like those songs or don't I like those songs? You know, so there's all these, 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 
these issues. And then even when you think about this, it goes to, to the human nature uh, part of it. You know, and your guys' imagination is probably far better than mine, but I'm thinking back, you know, maybe the only time in human history where there was like maybe close to a level playing field was maybe at the beginning of human history. All right. Everybody's out there uh, starving for food and clothing. <laughs> Who can ever get it, uh, you know, you know, gets it. But then incrementally certain patterns of behavior start e e e emerging. And, you know, some of them become set and, uh, you know, others now we're in this big age of disruption. I mean, boy, you talk about things that happen, happen fast. I mean, and so it, it's part of this whole evolution thing, but a lot of things that exist, they exist for, there's certain reasons why they evolved that way. Doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be improved on. Uh, probably they can be, that's part of evolution. How do we keep pushing it forward? But I think you have to look at, both sides. That's part of the, the thinking that it didn't, things usually didn't accidentally end up a certain way, you know? And so if, if so I, I think this idea of like equal opportunity to me, that, that at least right now, and I'm open to more thinking, you know, help me get, help me keep learning, Josh, you've been talking about that. And I love that always be learning. But to me that, that right now is a little bit more of an appealing, uh, concept you know because i think i think we we might be able to put better metrics around it define it and then see look are, are we you know are we creating more opportunity uh equal in nature or closer to equal and all that kind of stuff now what are what are people choosing to do with it you know I, i'm not sure how much we want to control that okay now we might want to influence it just like what we're trying to do Okay, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to influence people to make more purposeful choices that will not only benefit them, but will benefit everybody. You know, and so, but, but, but I, I don't want, I, I don't want to compel them to make that choice. I think I agree with kind of the language you were using earlier. You know, each person, you know, you don't, if you like Kramer, great. If you don't like Kramer, what about your goals? What, 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 what's important to you? And can we figure out a path that helps, you know, assuming that it isn't uh, detrimental to society to, to help make that come true? Can we, can we create those conditions of success? You know, when you were talking about your dad, hey, he might be my father too, because they, they sound a lot alike, but it sounds like he, along probably with your mother, the structure they created, even though maybe he didn't tell you everything, it created a some conditions that maybe made success, at least in this area, okay? In this area is all I'm talking about, maybe a little bit more attainable or put you on maybe a slightly faster path than the average person, all right? Because a lot of, as I said, you know, I can't think of anything that you shared that doesn't resonate with me in some strong positive way. Well, I think that part of leveling the playing field is, you know, being able to access all the financial information out there, which leads me to my next question. As more and more people become aware of financial literacy and all the resources out there, like how should they go about navigating the abundance of information? Because there is like good information out there, but there also is bad information as well. Like anyone can write anything on the internet and not all the information is true. To me, I think it takes basic critical thinking skills. How do you determine if a hamburger is good or not? All right, okay. So how, how would you determine if you're getting the right information about psychology, if that's what you're studying, economics, if that's what you're studying, you know, what, 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 whatever it is, what would be your first thing? So let me just say this. I'll say, look, do a search online. Just put in the terms, financial education, let's say you did that, what would be your next step in trying to sort out, you know, is this a good hamburger or is this a bad hamburger? Well, I'd probably see if the ingredients in the hamburger are fresh, right? So making sure that the information is current and still relevant. I'd probably also like look at the ingredients themselves, right? Is there a pattern? Let, let me pause you there. Okay, so here, here's one thought that you just shared that resonates with me is the information relevant, all right? 
So current, uh, I, I think that is a component. For me, I, I prioritize that a little bit. It's like uh, things Benjamin Franklin said are still relevant today. All right? Things Warren Buffett said 40 years ago are still relevant today, but some things have changed. So, you know, is it relevant? That might be one metric. Now, let, let, me, let, let me ask you this. Uh, here, here's something. You're in a relationship, a friendship with, with Josh. Okay, so one thing I might do also is, is you know, I, I might get on my phone or text, hey, Josh, what do you think? You know, if it's somebody you respect now, just you got to be careful of that. Also, you, you need ways of what they call falsifying information in order to find out what's true. So Josh might mean well, but he still might give you bad advice. So you've got to develop some metrics to sort these things out. Now, the ingredients would be another part. But right now, let's say you don't know what the ingredients are. Okay, you just know, I need financial education. Now, on the other hand, maybe you have a hunch on what the ingredients are. Do you have a hunch, Anthony? What would be some of the ingredients of what you think would be quality, competent financial education? Well, I would definitely look up who the creators or like the founders are, right? Make sure they're like credible. Perfect. I love that, right? That Put this on a list, all right? We're... We're starting to make a first list. I don't know if it's going to be our final list. Is it relevant? Are the creators credible? And you're going to need, th those are all going to need sub directions. Like how do we determine if they're credible? But this is what they call thinking. All right. I'm, and let me tell you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that in elementary school, middle school, high school, and college, they're teaching you how to think. All right. And so if they haven't done that and you cannot figure out what is good or bad financial education for the most part, not everything, okay? Because look, there's some people like Bernie Madoff, all right? Man, they're, they're clever, all right? <laughs> but, but, but basic financial education, by the time you're in high school, you should be able to figure out on your own if it's pretty good or not by taking some of the steps, and there are more steps that you just described, Anthony. All right. You might even take it to a professor like, oh, I'm here at San Jose State. We have a business economic accounting. Let me go see what they say. All right. But then double check, triple check, get a variety of views. You know, Warren Buffett is extraordinarily successful, but there's other people who have opposite strategies who are successful also. <laughs> so there's more than one winning formula or or, or, or strategy. The good news is this, there is an abundance of excellent financial education that is accessible right now, okay? And so here's another thing, if people need uh, help sorting through this, call Unantial, we'll help you. Call Sammy Rabbit, I'll give you a little bit of help, all right? So there are people who are willing to help, but what th this really alarms and concerns me because what I'm thinking is, even if they don't teach, let's say, financial education in schools, if they're teaching you to think critically, and that's kind of what I'm hearing coming out of both of you guys, is you have a certain level of critical thinking skills. That's great. That's what, that's what uh, school is supposed to do. Now, those skills are universal. You can apply them to money. You can apply them to any situation. Josh, I'm giving you the big bingo of the day, all right? I think you came up with the word process, all right? So wh what is your process? So I'm saying, I use the analogy, what is your process for figuring out if a hamburger is good or not, all right? What is, so, not everything, but some of those same uh, steps in that process, they're gonna be applicable to the financial education and, and, and money. You know, what makes it a little bit trickier sometimes is, um, you know, th th this whole idea that, uh, Good people, well-intentioned people can give you bad advice and you don't know it, all right? So now, so you've got, this is like basic financial literacy. You need to double and triple check your information, all right? <laughs> Even when you think it's coming from Warren Buffett, all right? Now, I will say his information, it's not only been vetted, it's been road tested, but it isn't perfect, believe it or not, all right? Uh, I don't know. He had one year. I don't know if this was the banking crisis or when, but 
you know, he, he went down like 25 or 30%. And people were like, oh, Warren Buffett's lost it, this and that. And, you know, he, for the most part, I don't think he invested in technology. He's like, yeah, I don't understand technology. I, you know, I understand C's candy and Coca-Cola or, or, or whatever, invested in what you know. So people are like, ah, but yeah, look, he's recovered from that. You know, there's, you know, his, his, his core principles, you know, they're on, uh, they're on track. I would love to see you guys, maybe you already have it, but you, when I say you guys, I mean, you natural come up with a, uh, an answer steps. Here's like 10 steps you can take. If you don't know how to determine if financial education is, is good. So I'm a big believer in this and it's, I'll call it the Josh principle. Look, if you like your financial education from Susie Orman, get it from Susie Orman. If you like it from you natural, get it from you natural, find the voices that work for you, that have proven, tested strategies, all right, especially over time. Now, I'm okay with this. If like they, if they, if there's transparency and disclosure, we're trying a new strategy. As long as you know it's a new strategy, okay. If you wanna take that risk, okay. But if, if you're not aware of that, test it out, vet it out, get what speaks to you and then start doing it. What is critical, is mastering the basics. You earn at one level, you spend at a lower level. You start plugging into automatic saving and investing accounts, you leverage, take advantage of compound interest, make it work for you, not against you. Simple things like that, sort it out. And then all your uh, processes for detecting like bad stuff uh, will increase. Just like anything, it isn't rocket science. The more experience you get at anything, the better you'll, you'll get. On that list, I would put ask questions, which is part of what you were doing there, Anthony. I'm giving you a big circle round of applause, Anthony. They, they love that in elementary school. Two pats on the back. <laughs> Great job, Anthony. And two thumbs up too, I love those. <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I think, you know, you, you, I get asked that question a lot about like, you know, uh, how, how do they know if it's good or, or, or bad? And it, that always causes me concern. Like, okay, you can't, figure that out. This is part of that struggle, Josh, you know, so I'm thinking you natural, if they have a piece on it, this is a roadmap. This is how you go about it. These are the one, two, three steps. I'm thinking that can be of service to people, you know, who, who find that a problem. We actually do have, um, I created a video for you natural about five minutes long. And I walk you through talking about Bernie Madoff and I tell you the information that the people he actually swindled, this is the information he knew. But like what you know about him is like prospective businessman, pioneered electronic trading on Wall Street, known for the most part of just doing fair deals, honest person. But he's responsible for running the largest Ponzi scheme in history. And unfortunately, if you gave him your money, even with all these good signals, you would have lost a lot of money. But at the end, I put three, I put about three questions. One is I ask, does this person have qualifications? Two, can they clearly explain what their strategy is? They're kind of beating around the bush like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going up from here. It's like, how are you going up? What are you doing? Because if I'm going to trust you with my hard-earned money, I want you to be transparent with your process with me in order for us to have a beneficial relationship. So if they can't explain to you what their process is, it's probably a red flag. And finally, it's just really seeking out experts. So when I see CFP, CFA, across like someone's name, CPA, I think that's a good signal that, hey, this person has gone through the rigor and the hard work of study and focus to hone their craft in business and to help people understand how to do certain things. I think this more towards a certified financial planner, a designation that is earned by people who study very hard, really want to dig deep into the details so that they can be able to simplify the complex topics for other people. So seeing those, seeing those designations on certain people's resumes can help you to filter out, okay, this person actually put in the work and they earned the designation to give sound advice rather than maybe some random person on TikTok that's telling you to buy, I don't know, the, the stock of the week. Like 
really being curious and allowing yourself to not make mistakes, using those frameworks, asking questions, being a critical thinker, it all, it all just ties, it all ties back, it all ties back in the end to making just sound financial decisions. And yeah, it, with, with practice, everyone, any, I think anyone can cultivate that filter to be able to sift through a lot of information out there. Absolutely. Okay. So you're, in my mind, you're on the right track. Those are all great ideas. Be curious, ask questions, questions like this. Okay. What are their qualifications? All right. So those are the kind of simple things you're going into it in a uh, much more uh, detail, which I, to me, that's like, okay, beautiful. We need that. That's so I'm just saying, let's just start at elementary school. You're giving me middle school, high school, universities. Perfect. All right. But you know what? Ask yourself, ask questions like, are they qualified? What makes them qualified? Who endorses them? Do they have professional designations? Okay, so do do your homework, all right? That That's your homework. That's critical thinking, all these questions that you're, you know, uh, that you're asking. So uh, perfect. Send me that video. I'd love to uh, post it in my social media and, and share it with people. I think that is an advanced case, the, uh, and make a great case study, the Bernie Madoff situation. Now, ironically, this is, uh, you know, probably, probably, I'm just speculating, but 98% of the people who were swindled by Bernie Madoff were financially literate for the most, most part. So he's a very sophisticated operator, but it'd be great to see your breakdown, which you've given, just like a doctor, this is how we could have figured out that this wasn't all really right on track. Here are some of the signals. Oh, your temperature was a little high, or maybe it was a little low. You were slightly off weight, or this, or that, or whatever. Same way a doctor goes through all of their questions. You know, it's all about questions. That's what thinking, you know, is about. So if you have a curiosity, and then break it down into like, here are the first like six questions. You know, what are they qualified? What makes them qualified? Who uses their product? You know, uh, do other professionals use it or recommend it? Now, look, you, you need to double check even those things because there are big, you know, there's a lot of CFPs out there, for example. And so I agree with you. That's one benchmark. But then some CFPs are better than other CFPs. So how do you how do, how do you determine that? How do you determine that? And I think, you know, you just keep asking more questions and then you talk to other people that that's part of the process you read books you listen to podcasts you know it, it takes work to make good decisions but that's a process you can apply to shopping to whatever you know to whatever it is compare sammy rabbit says compare contrast ask questions you need people to push back on your thinking not just everybody applaud it what you really want to know is is you know is your thinking going to lead you to whatever it is that you want something that always upsets me is oh you're doing good you're doing good you're doing good and then you get a bad result and everybody says i knew it was the you were going the wrong way but i didn't want to tell you i don't know how that that helps me i do understand that you know people want to be like this that you know there, there are these other factors but for me i i look i i want people to push back on my ideas test them uh falsify them you know i want to be on the right track trying to empower to help myself to help others you know, look, I'm not Warren Buffett. You know, I'm not even a good math person. All right. But I understand basic math. You earn here, you spend here. That works. I did that. All right. I applied it in my own life. I saw the benefits. That's why I championed that idea. Look, I think you should invest in stocks, although from this is just my opinion. I think for most people, 98% of us, like an index fund is perfect. Okay. But if you want to, uh, you know, go with Kramer or yourself or whoever it is, that's okay. Do your homework. Okay. Do your homework, you know, do your research, read books, push back on theory, see what works, what doesn't work. Take advantage, take advantage of all the great information that's out there. You know, you talk about vetting. Let me just say this. If you go to that Stanford business school and listen to people talking there, I'm, I'm not going to say everybody's like right or the best. But Stanford has vetted those speakers, all right? So that gives, you one, that gives you one level of assurance. Like, you know what, this is, I don't know if this is right information or not, 
but this is information. Maybe I'll be better just listening to, thinking about, considering. It's been vetted. It's like a CFP. It's been vetted by not only Stanford, it's coming from the business school. Guess what? Warden does the same thing. San Jose might do the same thing. I know Loyola Marymount, they're big on entrepreneurship. So they have people coming in, you know, speaking about entrepreneurship all the time. And let me tell you, you know what they do? You, 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 if you're not a highly successful entrepreneur, you can't, you don't speak there. <laughs> and so they, they do the rubber meets the road uh, success. Like, oh, this is the founder of Google. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's hear what they, you know. And look, now I would say now, so that's one filter, but then I would put it through the Josh filter also. Maybe the Google strategy isn't right for you, but there might be parts of it that are okay. Take what works and use it in your your uh, situation. You know, here's another one for entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, it's right up there where you live. Uh, and, and there's several of these. Uh, Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn, he, he has his own online startup school. There's the Y Combinator. All that information is available. You don't have to pay 50,000, 100,000. These people are generously sharing their experiences online. Anthony, anybody who wants to tap into it and access it today can, all right? So, I mean, I don't know how much more level in that regard related to that, the, the playing field is going to get. What I do see, and, and this is what I shared earlier that concerns me, is I don't see a lot of people sharing that message that, hey, it's available right now, tap in. Now, right now, it doesn't come with, say, a, a personal guide, like an in-person teacher. Maybe some of it does, because, I mean, the technology is getting more sophisticated. So, oh, we'll see Josh up here, and, you know, maybe, you, maybe you'll have a Q&A, or, or maybe you won't. So maybe you don't get all your questions uh, answered, but this is far better and easier to access than anything in my lifetime and probably any lifetime, uh, you know, before that. And I, I'm just, you know, it just makes me so happy to hear you talk about Warren Buffett and what you see, you, you are accessing it. <laughs> That's another like curious thing. If you're doing it, why, why can't someone else, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Anyways, something I wanted to follow up on, um, Sam is like, you mentioned earlier habits and how we get financial information typically is from either our parents, friends, or relatives. My question is for those that are listening and have younger siblings or relatives, what are some things that they can do to get their siblings or relatives interested in building better money habits? You hit the nail right on the head. All right. So when, when you just break it down, where people get their initial programming related to money is from their parents, their relatives, all the people who are surrounding little babies, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, whenever they get on uh, their tablets, then maybe it's those people become part of the, the, the mi mixture, but it, it, it starts at the home. And the question is, is uh, there's a conversation about money going all the time, but usually it's not a conscious, intentional one. Like, guess what, Josh? We're going to fly to Florida and go to uh, Disney World. All right. That might be a $10,000 conversation. Do we have college savings? No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to go. You know, and maybe that's okay. You know, I don't know. But I do know this. All right. That what's going to long term, what's going to be a better uh, investment for your child is that college education than the trip to Disney World. Now that Disney World may be a lifetime memory. All right. So it has some advantages, but these, see, these are the choices in the trenches we have to make every day. And those choices result in, in different uh, results. Uh, so here, here's what they can do. The, the first thing, and this is more the, at the parent level than at the child level, is they sit down and write down. First, just start with one sentence. What is my money philosophy? All right. And if that's too vague, am I a saver or a spender? Uh, if that's too vague, am I a good saver? Am I a good spender or a bad spender? Uh, you know, uh, my last name is Rennick. Think, think of your family unit. The Rennicks are savers. The Rennick are wealth builders. The Rennicks are smart spenders. The Rennicks are givers. We give wisely. You know, so you start writing down and just start around 
what I'll call the foundational concepts. What, what do we do with our money? Are we earners? Are we spenders? What kind of spenders are? Are we asset builders through savings, through investments? Are we homeowners? So, but, but earning, saving, spending, giving, those are some basic choices. Then you can build from there. So these could be just one sentence philosophies, but if you ask me, Josh, you know, what is Zarenik's family philosophy on money? The, you know, I'm gonna say, look, we're earners and asset builders. We wanna own homes, we wanna get educations. All right, so that's, so that, 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 that's a beginning. Now, start incorporating that thinking into your everyday language. So pretend you have a little baby in a uh, high chair and, um, you know, they're eating their food and uh, two things babies do really well, you know, or maybe three things. One is, is, you know, if they have their eyes open, they're looking and observing at things and they might be in a trance, you know, watching you. And then they've got their ears and they're taking in information, you know, uh, audio from an audio uh, perspective. And then they also make noises. So, you know, one thing you might do, so you incorporate, you, you say, this is who we are. So you look at your little baby one day, you get a little glass, like, uh, you know, a, a, a transparent one that you drink juice out of, you drop a penny in it, and then you rattle it around and say, we're savers. <laughs> okay, so you start planting that seed, not only in their mind, their thought, their feeling pattern, but you're also planting it in yours. So you start becoming a better coach you start living your your word you start getting closer to it and then you then you rattle that thing around you make happy faces we love to save you start infusing some some joy and then from a let's say a developmental standpoint the parents are in the best position to assess the development of their kids you keep repeating mastery is all about repeating and then you start layering and escalating as your child is ready all right. So eventually, under your supervision, maybe they can drop the coins in the jar. All right. That so those are like these are like simple, basic steps. Eventually, that leads to when maybe they're two or three, they have some type of a savings jar or piggy bank in their room, something like that. So you're building, you know, you just keep building and building and you try and build a philosophy, an executable, actionable philosophy around your personal family values and goals. So you get in touch with them yourself, then you start articulating them. That's, that's what language is. And you try to start living them out. You try and be a role model. Okay. When they're ready, and this might be at one or two years old, work in a storybook. I started with storybooks. It's a habit, Sammy Rabbit. Perfect. Just read it, show them the pictures. Hi, my name's Sammy. I know a secret. It's a secret I'll never forget. And there's other books as well, Berenstein Bears, et cetera, et cetera. We've created music. Start having them do activities. Start having them clip coupons. Now, reading storybooks, you can get a five or six-year-old to help you read a storybook to a two or three-year-old, all right? Josh, I'll read one page, you read one page. Or I'll read one sentence, then you reread that sentence. Or if they can read it on their own, let them read it on their own, however it works. So these are all things. Then start, really look at your language, how you talk about you know, uh, money and, and start getting the, the younger kids involved. So if you're a bigger brother or sister, you know, it's like, okay, I'm earning, uh, let's say you're in your teens and you've started working, you're babysitting or working at uh, you know, uh, In-N-Out or McDonald's or, 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 or somewhere, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking a part of what I'm earning, the money I make, the money I, I get, the money that I'm the boss of, and I take a part of it and I'm, I'm putting it away for college because college is important you know, to me. I'm, I'm saving it. Saving means I'm, I'm putting it away for later, not today, later. And you know, one of the reasons is, is I'm, I'm doing that little Johnny or Jane or uh, Juanita, whoever it is, is because I want to have a good future. I'm, I'm worth investing in. You know, when you save money, that means we think you have a future. Okay. 
<laughs> because saving saving is all about the future. <laughs> it's also about being prepared and other uh, other things. So uh, hopefully I answered your questions. I think those are some very simple uh, steps, and we have some steps on our website, SammyRabbit.com. You know, try and be a good role model. Try try. I think you mentioned this earlier. Get clear and concise on what your messages are. Keep it simple. Keep repeating, going over. And we have a lot of ways to say the same thing. We say the same thing. Saving is a great habit in books, in activities, in arts and crafts, in, in, in music. Mastery is all about repetition. And we're very big. We stress habit formation. You know, we really believe we're creatures of habits. So if you're an overspender, you're just going to keep overspending. This is, you know, one big reason why I say if you're earning 50000 and all of a sudden, okay, you get a, a huge promotion. And you start earning $100,000. But at $50,000, you are spending $70,000. Guess what? At $100,000, you're going to be spending $200,000. Okay? You're just going to do more of whatever it is you were doing before. Now, once in a while, people, you know, they have an aha moment and they, they transform whatever it is they're doing. That's, that's great. But usually, they just keep doing more of whatever it is that they're doing, which leads to another episode. Like, making money is separate from managing money. So you can have people making a quarter of a million a year, but they're not, if they're not managing it well, they just make a lot of money and maybe they do what seems like some nicer or fun things, but they're not building a, uh, a sustainable, repeatable pattern of success that leads to more financial freedom, more financial security, and more financial stability. I would like to enter our last segment, the rapid fire round, where we will ask you questions really quickly and you'll also get a chance to answer them really quickly so thumbs up when you're ready all right here we go i'm locked in our first question is i know you yourself do write books for children but besides your own books which book would you recommend young adults to read to like get their finances right all right here's a couple of books first i'd read this has nothing to do with finances how to read a book all right this is not an exciting book, but it is an important book that is going to help you develop better communications, better reading, better critical thinking skills. It's going to help your overall gain in every area. With respect to uh, money, uh, a book that uh, was very important to me is one I mentioned earlier, Richest Man in Babylon. So I recommend that book. Let me just say there is a wealth of excellent, outstanding books uh, out there. So uh you know, find one Google search. Those are two that I like. Awesome. And my second question is, you know, we did talk about habits, right, and how to build them. But what are some of the habits that we should work on building while we're young? Definitely, you should read every day, at least 15 to 30 minutes. Exercise, you know, those are good for you. If you're spiritual, put a little spiritual. Make sure you laugh for one or two minutes every day. That's a great thing. All right, now let's just go on money. The number one thing you need to uh, practice and develop the habit of is, and, and I'm gonna, this is like a 1A, 1B, but they, they go together, they're correlated. You need to master spending less than you earn. You need, so that, that uh, if you're doing that, that difference, that difference is what you need to be automatically saving and investing. So you need to make a habit of saving and investing, saving and investing, spending less than you earn. Let me just say, if you start that from day one, you're probably not going to have a problem with it. Okay. What's hard is when you're overspending and then try and reduce your spending. So what, what's required to do that, especially when you're earning lower amounts of money, it's going to require a lot of uh, delayed gratification, self-discipline, things Josh already shared. So while you're not out doing all these uh, quote-unquote fun things, invest your time into reading, listening to podcasts, things that uh, you know will help you increase your earning uh, ability. Start learning. Here's another habit. Start learning how to plan, how to budget, uh, and schedule your time. Get organized. Uh, we talked about this idea. This is a planning idea. Begin with the end in mind. I also like to call it a point A to B. You know, start figuring out like what it is you want. So you identify what you want. You're going to have a better chance of getting what you want if you know what it is you want. So, and you may not, that's okay. But see if you can 
figure it out. And it might be a process of elimination. You try something that's not for me. So then, then you're a little bit closer to maybe knowing what it is, but then putting the planning in process. I want to go here. I want to go to San Francisco, but I'm in LA. How do I get to San Francisco? Oh, I want to be there by May 5th. What are my options? I can fly. I can drive. I can bike. I can walk. Okay. So that's organizing, planning, prioritizing, but I would start by uh, making a habit of spending less than you earn, saving and investing automatically. I love the analogies that you use throughout the show. And my third question for you is, what do you know about finance now that you wish that you knew starting out like 20 years ago? I want to just say these fundamental basic concepts that I'm sharing with you, uh, I got exposed to pretty uh, early in life, but we had no discretionary income. And so back then, let me say 10 cents, a dime was a big thing. All right. And you could buy a Coke with a dime. And I was, hey, dad, I want a dime. And my dad, no, we don't have a dime. We don't have a dime for soda. Our money is going into food. It's going into housing and it's going to go into education. Those are our top three priorities. And I'll say, you know, once every two or three months, maybe we would get a soda, so, something like that. But uh, it was very rigorous. You used that word earlier, Josh. Now, something also interesting that happened. If I said, dad, I want to wash my aunt's and uncle's car. I want to earn some money. They're going to pay me $2. He'd say, oh, I have a quarter for soap. I have a dime for a brush. I'll go out there and help you. Somehow, magically, we found a dime. <laughs> because that he cultivated that earning uh, concept. So something my father said, any knowledge you acquire, that's yours. It goes with you wherever you are. Work as much as you can. Gain as much knowledge, skills, and experience as possible. As always, thank you, Sam, for being on the tip jar. Be sure to check out Sammy Rabbit on sammyrabbit.com. And if you enjoyed the tip jar, make sure to follow us on Spotify and LinkedIn to stay connected with us. 